Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1452. Weight Loss Myths That May Be Helpful by Leah Genders of leahgendersfitness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Happy Monday and welcome back to another week of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs on the web, kind of like an ongoing audiobook, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. Now don't forget, we have a bunch of shows where we cover a bunch of different topics. Check them all out by searching for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this. Now I'm featuring a brand new website today, and I'll tell you all about Leah right after the reading. So for now, let's get right to today's post as we optimize your life. Weight Loss Myths That May Be Helpful by Leah Genders of leahgendersfitness.com How could a weight loss myth be helpful? If it's a myth, it's not true. So how is that useful? Sometimes, weight loss myths stem from a well-meaning person who, in their attempt to make a complex topic easier to understand, oversimplifies to the point that it's no longer valid. Other self-proclaimed experts are more dogmatic. There's only one way to achieve your goals, and if you don't agree with them, then you're wrong. Myths are also perpetrated by the fitness industry. They take a popular yet not entirely true misconception to mislead people into buying their weight loss products or services. Just because a myth is wrong doesn't mean it's all bad. If we learn to look at the messages we hear from the health, nutrition, and fitness industry with an analytical mind, we can learn to take what is helpful and useful and disregard the rest. Myth. Carbs are bad for you and carbs make you fat. Neither of these statements are true. Healthy, whole food carbohydrates can be a part of a healthy diet. It is possible to lose weight while consuming a diet high in healthy carbohydrates. Some people choose to reduce carbs or eliminate carbs, and that's their choice. But it doesn't mean that carbohydrates are unhealthy or cause weight gain. High-quality whole food carbohydrates can fuel your workouts to help you look, feel, and perform at your best. What's helpful about this myth? Consuming highly processed carbohydrates can lead to weight gain, poor health, and poor habits. A lot of favorite junk foods are mainly carbohydrates, like pizza, hamburgers with a giant bun and french fries, ice cream, and potato chips. Most people will do well to reduce or eliminate these foods from regular rotation in their diets. 
If a person believes that all carbs are bad and stops eating these types of foods, they likely will lose weight due to a cut in high-calorie, highly palatable, easy-to-overeat foods. And I call that a win. How to make it work. Reduce highly processed carbs and limit your carbohydrate intake to mostly whole foods derived from nature, such as fruits, vegetables, potatoes, oatmeal, quinoa, rice, and beans. Myth. Fat makes you fat. It seems logical. Eat fat, gain fat. But it's not true. Healthy fats are an essential part of our diets. Our bodies need fat. They help us absorb some nutrients and are important for hormone balance. What's helpful about this myth? Fat has more than twice as many calories per gram than the other two macronutrients, carbohydrates and protein. So it may be easier to go overboard on your daily calorie allotment since fats are more calorie-dense, not to mention delicious. Limiting unhealthy fat calories can benefit your waistline. How to make it work. Aim to consume healthy fats from nature and be sure they fit within your calorie allotment for the day. A good rule of thumb, pun intended, is to limit fats to about a thumb size at each meal, like a thumb of avocado, a thumb of nuts, a thumb of nut butter, or approximately a thumb of olive oil. It will help you control portions, which allows room for healthy fats without excess calories. Myth, eating at night makes you fat. To lose fat, you want to eat in a slight calorie deficit, eating fewer calories than you burn. Some believe that eating at night can make you fat because you are not burning many calories in the evening hours before bed or while you sleep. Generally speaking, if you're eating in a calorie deficit, it doesn't matter as much when you eat those calories. What's helpful about this myth? If you spend the after-dinner hours grazing on food because you're bored, anxious, lonely, or you're snacking out of habit rather than actual hunger, you could be adding extra calories that your body does not need. When you consume more than you need, your body could store that extra as fat. How to make it work. If you avoid nighttime snacking, it could help you stay in the calorie deficit needed to lose weight. However, an evening snack or a later healthy meal that fits within your dietary needs shouldn't hurt your results. Myth. You have to give up all your favorite foods forever to lose weight. Diets generally don't work because they are temporary. No matter how you choose to eat, make sure it's sustainable for the long term. Going on and off diets and the yo-yo weight loss and gain that follow causes more harm than good. If you swear off all sweets forever, consider if that's even possible. When some personality types restrict foods, it can eventually lead to overindulging on them. What's helpful about this myth? Limiting unhealthy foods will help you reach your goals faster. If you are aware of the foods that are helping you make progress towards your goals and those that you'll benefit from limiting, you will be better equipped to make healthier choices most of the time. How to make it work. Allow indulgences in moderation to avoid an all-or-nothing diet mentality. Learn to make healthier versions of your favorite foods and soon you'll discover that some of your favorite foods are the healthy ones. Myth, a lower weight on the scale is always a positive result. It can be easy to get attached to the number on the scale, but be aware that a lower number on the scale 
is not always a positive thing. If you lose weight, but you lose muscle along with fat, it can lead to a slower metabolism and a higher likelihood of weight rebound. What's helpful about this myth? For some personality types, it can be helpful to monitor your weight regularly. Significant weight gain doesn't sneak up on you if you maintain a level of awareness of your scale weight. How to make it work. Use the scale as one method of measure, but use body measurements, clothing size, performance, and how you feel as other markers of progress. Eat plenty of whole food proteins and perform resistance training exercises such as squats, push-ups, rows, and deadlifts in your exercise routine twice a week to help maintain muscle as you lose fat. Myth, go hard or go home. The myth says that if you're not performing high-intensity exercises six days a week, then you're wasting your time. But for some people, the opposite may be true. Regular movement throughout the day can help you lose or maintain your weight. Extreme exercise can lead to overtraining, injury, and yes, it's true, worse results than if you scaled back. If you're not recovering properly in between hard workouts, you may never see the full benefit of your hard work and could stall progress. What's helpful about this myth? Pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone will usually bring results faster than always staying comfortable. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. How to make it work. Push yourself appropriately. Then rest as much as your body needs, which varies from person to person based on training age, physical age, experience, genetics, and lifestyle. An older person will usually need more rest than a younger person, and an experienced athlete will generally need less rest than a newbie. A genetic freak may get by on little rest, while a person with a high-stress lifestyle, like work, family, sleep habits, etc., will need more rest between workouts. Examine popular health claims objectively. Take the best from them as it applies to your body and leave the rest behind. You get the best results when you listen to your body's needs, measure results, and make adjustments as needed. No one knows your body as well as you do. You just listened to the post titled Weight Loss Myths That May Be Helpful by Leah Genders of leahgendersfitness.com. And thanks again to Leah for letting us share her work. She's a NASM certified personal trainer, a running coach, nutrition habits coach, and fitness blogger with the goal of helping you fast-track your running and healthy lifestyle journey. Come by leahgendersfitness.com to check out the blog, plus her services and a lot more. And I have that linked in this episode's description. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I wanna go back to, well, actually a couple of myths that Leah mentioned. One is about the carbohydrates. One of the studies that I published was all about comparing a high-carbohydrate diet to a low-carbohydrate, high-protein diet. And we found that at the end of that study, those who were able to stick to the diets they were assigned to, whether it was high-carb or low-carb, high-protein, they were able to lose weight. That means both diets worked. The high-carb group was getting most of their carbs from whole foods. Beans, potatoes, lentils, vegetables, fruits, And at the end of one year, they lost just as much weight as the low-carb, high-protein group. What really determined whether or not they lost weight 
was if they stuck to their diets. Now, I wanna go back to the other myth about having a lower number when stepping on the scale. Before I teach my college freshmen the topic of fitness in my intro to health class, I play a game with them. I have everyone in the classroom stand up, which usually makes them groan because they're always comfortable in their seats and they don't wanna get up. But once they stop complaining, I then show them a statement about fitness. Sometimes the statement is true, other times it's not. Either way, they have to vote on whether they believe the statement is true or false. They vote by not raising their hands because when I have them do that, half of the class doesn't raise their hand. So instead, they vote by walking to one side of the room. They have to walk to the left side of the room if they believe the statement is true. Or if they believe the statement is false, they walk to the right side of the room. One of the fitness statements I like to have them vote on is the following. Losing weight is a sign of improved fitness. Now imagine you were in my class. After hearing today's episode, would you walk to the left side or the right side of the room? Well, I'll tell you that most of my students walked to the left side of the room. They believed this was a true statement and most of them were incorrect. Now, as today's author, Leah, mentioned in her article, a lower number on the bathroom scale doesn't necessarily mean you're more fit. It just means you weigh less, and that's it. And when you think about the potential reasons why you might be weighing less than the last weigh-in, well, there could be lots of reasons. And some of those reasons have nothing to do with food. Maybe you were wearing heavier clothes the last time you weighed yourself. Maybe you're dehydrated today. Maybe you used the bathroom right before you weighed yourself this time around, but didn't the last time. Maybe you lost some water weight. Maybe you lost muscle, which is not good. Or maybe you actually did lose some body fat. Either way, weight loss is not a measure of fitness. I could starve myself for a week and consume nothing but plain water and probably weigh less after those seven days. But that does not mean I'm miraculously in better shape. All of this to say that If you wanna know whether you're improving your actual fitness, there's a whole different way of measuring that. Same goes if you wanna know what type of weight you're losing. If you wanna know if you're losing muscle or fat, well, that's a whole different ballgame. And getting in touch with a credentialed healthcare professional or a trainer is a great place to start. All right, that'll do it for the Monday episode. I hope you're having a great start to your week. And I'll be back here tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits.